This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The second beer, you're starting to enjoy it. You kick back, get a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beer, Brent. It is. It's the third beer that where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place, and you've hit that spot that's just right. And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon, and we'd like to talk about the third beer. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good, big fella. How are you doing? Mate, I'm doing getting better. Getting better. Which yeah, is you still looking a little pale? Yeah, it's, uh, mate, I'm getting there. It's taken me about four or five weeks, and I reckon I'm nearly there now. I'm allowed back in the gym. So Monday's the big day. So you started, oh, Monday? Monday. Back, you've been out. How you been feeling? Yeah. Five yeah, weeks? I feel like shit. Yeah, mate, not being able to exercise. It's fucking horrible. You've changed, big fella. I have. I've lost a heap of weight, but at the same time, I've lost all the muscle tone. I've lost all the strength. So, yeah, looking forward to Monday. Not looking forward to Tuesday, but I'm looking forward to Monday. Awesome. So that'll be good. And how's the diet going? My diet's just been the diet. I just lose weight because I don't eat food. So that's, that's a really good way to lose weight. Just go to hospital for a week and don't eat. And how has this impacted on you, you know? How are you feeling? My mentally, I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. Not too bad at all. Not yeah. too bad. I'm going, going all right. How about you? How are you going? Doing okay. Well, how how the uh, how'd the thing go last week? Oh, I think it was a very interesting experience, buddy. Was it good? Bad? Ugly? Ah, uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was good gathering of uh, men coming together. To it was talk beyond to the beers, it was at beyond Miami the Market beers. There must be about 30, 30, 40 people there that uh, men come together to have a chat and listen to some stories and share yeah. some space. Yeah, yeah. And you were subbed in last minute. Apologize. I, I was. Apologize. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how'd that go? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a bit of a difficult, difficult experience. Emotional was the word. Oh, it was. You used. It was. I told some stories and um, I, I connected to them. I got a few texts from my uh, missus uh, just before I got up, which kind of triggered some uh, things. Didn't help. So we'll talk about that later, I suppose, cool. and get into it. Well, mate, you've 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 upset me today. Just want to let you know that. Oh, I know. Because you bought in the black can. I'm gonna right. go, I'm gonna go back through all the other podcasts. See just how many times you said I don't really like the pale ale. Well, I mean, I, I definitely don't. No, I, mean, I don't, I'm I do don't, I don't drink gonna, the pale. Do you know what? This is my wife's favourite beer. Oh, come on! And she was told when she was pregnant that this is really good for you when you drink it because yeah. it gives you the iron and the bits and pieces that you need. And uh, steak in every one. It is a steak. It's like and you have to eat it with a fork. So my concern though is when we crack it, it's going to be good, but it might be half an hour before we can actually taste it. Because you got to watch it for it to like, what's that? Said the sediment to drop or something. Well, you you, 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 you got to watch it. This is an engineering masterpiece. An engineering yeah, masterpiece. I can hear yeah, it. In yeah, the, yeah, hang yeah. on. Oh, I don't want to shake it. That's stupid. But uh, mate, so obviously we're talking about Guinness. I think you got to you got to turn it over. That side. Oh, you can hear it. The little ball in Get there. The little, eh? little ball in there. Hey? That's right. Hey. Come so on. it's Guinness draft. Obviously brewed in Dublin. Mate of mine's a Guinness expert, and he reckons the cans of Guinness in Australia are as good as the Guinness in Dublin, but the Guinness on tap here is shit. So we're going to drink good stuff at least. Here we go. Are you ready? Do it. Hang on. I'll go first. Oh, that that's was, a good crack. That sounded fresh. What do you got, bud? Ooh. That's not bad. And what, what's the third beer you got today? 
Oh, oh why, why do they wear it every week? Perfect. Okay, now we're going to try and pour it. So I've got to hold this to the side. Is that right? Or I'll just tip this one in. You uh, pour it the best you can, mate. Eh? So you pour it just like a normal beer. Someone's got some good sound happening. And then we need that do, 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 while we wait. Is that the way it works? I like to watch. Mate, I'll tell you what, I'm sitting here and we'll wait for that beer to, to get there. Oh, I'm looking at this, one of the best websites I've seen in a long time. It's nice, it's crisp, it's clear, makes me feel like I want to go to the gym. It's the Healthy Lifestyle Club. I thought I'd bring in a, a fella that's uh, combined healthy living and uh, entrepreneurship into the same breadbasket. Look with, at that. With a good it's like website. me and you combined. So who we got here today, mate? Let's do, uh, let's introduce. Marco. Yeah. How Welcome, are you, my boys? Friend. Thank you very much. Well, I haven't met you before. Obviously, Chris yeah. brought you in. Mate, the way this normally works is one of us know the, the guests. The other yeah. one has no idea. Yeah. So if I ask stupid questions during the uh, podcast, I do that to people I know as well. So don't feel uh, don't feel bad there. But, uh, mate, tell us about yourself. What, who are you and what do you do? Oh, mate, look, um, I've got Healthy Lifestyle Club, uh, which is in Upton Street Bundle. Uh, I've had that now for the last sort of 14 years. Um, and it's, you know, morphed itself a thousand times. It started as a little PT studio, uh, with two bits of equipment in it. And then slowly over time, we added physios and dietitians, And then we sort of knocked all that down and got into corporate health and then reinvented ourselves now to where we are now as a, as a wellness holistic sort of center that has yoga, Pilates, boxing studios, strength studios, very much around culture and people and service. And yeah, awesome. that's sort of, that's where we sit. You're going to have to go down and check I'm it out. It's, 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 it's a beautiful yeah. vibe down there. Almost like this beer that is already settled by the it way, so it didn't take too long. I apologise. Yeah, I think you should. First apology How for the beautiful day. does that look, guys? Come on. It's awesome. And a dark beer, white head. Lovely head on it. Cheers, brother. Cheers, big fella. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Glasses and all. Sophistication. Oh. Get it in. Let me just chew through that for. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what. With that froth on the beard, mate, eh? It's <laughs> 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 not that bad, actually. I think I think it's a great drop. First taste. It's very malty. It's very malty. It is. Well, it's it's moved away from your pale ales. Yeah, we don't like pale ale. Oh, I'm not. Sure. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Oh, some of them might too, but it's when you add the lychee and all that sort of shit in it. What's with that? You don't put fruit with Shh. beer. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We can talk about Marco oh, and right. the beer, obviously. So, uh, how do you how do you blokes, mate? How'd this happen? We uh, met through a colleague of mine that's coming on the show fairly soon, mm-hmm. Louise Fairstrill. Um, she works with these guys up Absolutely. at the Styles. She's a she's a top lady, a wonderful yeah. woman, and um, a introdu- introduction. And they've got a yoga studio. And as you know, I've just completed my yoga diploma. Well done, buddy. Hey, tell you what, it was an arduous journey. It was an yeah. arduous journey. Have you got does that I'm mean there? you're now a yoga instructor? It certainly does. I've got, uh, I've got, do you that, have I've a, got, got diploma on my fridge. So uh, my do you have like a them. certain? Because I know there's thousands. We learnt this previously on this podcast about the different types of yoga. Yes. Are you now a certain type of yoga instructor, or can you teach them all? No, you can't teach them all. But I have a particular orientation, which is probably Ashtang yoga, which is eight limb yoga. And what's that mean? Ah, uh, it's meditation, breathing. Classical hatha, okay. asana kind of poses and asanas and poses. So yeah, it's a, it's an all round thing. Oh, well, I look forward to coming to a class. I look when are we doing that? I look, I look forward to seeing you in some spandex. Won't be the lycra. 
Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> so, so, Margot, tell us, mate, the journey that you took to get here. And, I mean, I, I think it's a beautiful place you've got over there. I'm yeah. really, really impressed. And a lot of people have the dream of setting up uh, a place like you've got and, yeah. and trying to turn it into, a you know, a business that kind of, you know, pays the bills and makes money. A lot of people can't do it. But you, mm. you guys have been here. You've stood the test of time. It's a beautiful place. It's kind of place that you want to hang out with and work mm. at and do yoga and sit with your computer and do stuff. and. Tell us how it happened and the journey. Oh, mate, it's massive. I hope you've got another four Guinness because, uh, mate, it's <laughs> so a lot. It's a long three story. Um, look, I'm born and bred on the Gold Coast. Uh, I've been here my whole life and uh, and my family was in hospitality. So uh, they had margaritas on the water. So it was a big Mexican I restaurant. Margaritas. Yeah, so where 150, where 150 was. Now, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we were there. And, uh, and I grew up in hospitality. So from the age of 10, it was sort of Marco the Taco. And then I was, you know, buying <laughs> bars and serving and, and spent, uh, to the age of 25 in hospitality and, and, and hard hospitality, you know, working every night, drinking every day, eating every day, really, um, I suppose not taking care of myself. So I got to the stage of 25 when I was 105 kilo, depressed, anxious, uh, relationship, in my life was blowing up with family, friends, all the rest of it. Did you say Just 125 kg? 105 kg. 105 kg. Wow. you're a fit-looking guy yeah, now. I can't 100, imagine that. 105, mate. And, um, and, mate, my world just got turned upside down. I just... I don't really know what it was. I don't know whether the journey I was on was wrong or just there were some things that happened that just weren't right. Uh, and I ended up with the wrong people and the wrong group and, and doing all the things that weren't naturally me. Um, so I hit rock bottom. And, uh, and that sort of culminated in drugs and alcohol and all the rest of it to, you know, doing anything to try and make yourself happy. I, uh, through that stage, I decided that there was one thing that used to make me smile and one thing that I loved, and that was my rugby union. I'd played it all through school and it was just one of those things that I just thought, you know what, I've got to somehow get back to who I truly am um, and what I really love and what I'm really passionate about. And, uh, and the only thing I could come up with was, um, was rugby. So, you know, I sort of put A and B together and thought, okay, well, it's got to have something to do with health. So I went and bought myself or not bought myself. I went and enrolled into a personal training course uh, on the Gold Coast. Which, this is at rock bottom. This is at rock bottom, mate. Well, at 105 kilos with nothing going on, mate, yeah. I um, I just decided that was going to be my life. And there was a few reasons. Um, my grandmother died of a triple heart attack. My father's had a heart attack and a stroke. Uh, and, mate, I was running this restaurant bar, you know, big business, big family business, and, mate, you know, I don't reckon I would have made it to 40 with the lifestyle I'd chosen. So I just thought, you know, I'm going to start with me first and go from there. Uh, and, mate, you know, as you can imagine, when you go and tell the parents of a, you know, multi-million dollar family business that you're about to step out, you're leaving it to it, they've retired, I was running the whole thing, they freaked um, so the family freaked and they just, um, you know, weren't too sure where I was going, what I was doing, but I just knew I had to do my own journey and be my own person. Um, two things happened through there. I, I signed up to the course and off the back of that, I remember at my worst stage sitting on a couch and watching the Hawaiian Iron Man. And at this stage, it was a 75-year-old guy who was coming out of the water who was just, you know, he, he was basically out of the water. And I watched the whole thing. It took him 14 hours and 50 minutes or something to complete the Hawaiian Ironman. And I just sat there watching him and I thought, fuck, this dude's 75 and you're a fat-ass 25-year-old <laughs> sitting on your ass, you know, eating and drinking yourself stupidly. Like, what are you going to do with your life? Um, so I sort of took it as a – So you actually asked yourself, what am I going to do with 100%. 
It's huge at 25. On the lounge. 105 kilo. 105 kilo. You weren't drinking a stubby while you were Probably. 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 (laughs) If I wasn't drinking (laughs) a stubby, I would have been eating food, mate. I would have been, you know, it it didn't matter. 75-year-old runs on and you find this enlightened kind of beautiful. Absolutely. Wow. So um, I sort of, I I created two missions on that day. Mission one was to make sure I completed my um, health and, you know, diploma, cert three and four in, um, in health and fitness. Uh, and part two was to say one day I'm going to do an Ironman, and um, and both were a long ten year journey. You know, I sort of I started the business, I, I finished the course, I uh, I went straight into Upton Street and had a little, I don't know, th- I think it was thirty square meter studio with one bench press and a treadmill and a and a lady named Marianne who was a business partner, and we just worked our asses off. We used to. PT you still people. fat at the time? Yeah, absolutely. So how do people come and see a fat PT? What happens there? I reckon it was all personality, mate. Yeah, well, that's fine. and that's a really uh, good thing because like, it's it interesting all... that yeah. like you look at you now and you're obviously fit and healthy now. Yeah. Um, you, you must have had a bit of a gift of the gab, as they like to call it, oh, probably oh, from your hospitality days. 100%. When I grew that's up awesome. at the age of five, I used to have to welcome people and say goodbye to people every night in the restaurant. Yeah. I, with people Mate, in a room, those, yeah, maitre d', along those yeah. lines. That was my whole life. So people, I know people yep. and I can commit with people and, and work with people. And if you ask me right now why I've got a successful business, it's because it's it's people orientated. Customer service, It's mate. all about it's people. All about. So, mate, you know, all those things sort of tied together um, to create the journey that I was on. And, you know, if I fast forward, because there's a lot of time in between, but if I fast forward where I'm at now is that, you know, from making that one decision in my life to relationship breaking up, family breaking up, you know, rock bottom to now where I'm at at 44 years of age. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three beautiful boys. I've, um, I've got a wonderful business um, in Upton Street, like we said, and I completed the Cairns Ironman four years ago. Oh, well done, buddy. So, yeah. That's awesome. And, mate, it's, it's an so interesting. So we're talking 42K run, yeah, yeah. 180K bike ride. And a 3.9 swim. 3.9 swim. How many swim, hours? You know, Jeez, 12 and a half. Well, you beat the 75-year-old. So you're going to be happy with that. <laughs> he, he, was good. Good. Ah, he was good. He was good. <laughs> he was good. But, you know, it's um that, that was all, I think that was all to prove to myself that, you know, if I set my mind to it or I could, you know, I could challenge myself to be who I wanted to be and, and where I wanted to go. Um, Things could work out, and and they've definitely shown that. So, do you think in the Ironman, obviously you've got to be fit? Yeah. But I'm thinking sixty percent fitness, forty percent mental. Yeah, I think. Or it's, is it the other way around? Well, I think it's massively mental. It has to be. I think it's massively that amount mental. of time yeah. on your own mm, for sure. One leg in front of the other, or cycling yeah. the bike, I mean, or something. It's got to be tough. The swim, <laughs> the swim four k's. Yeah, exactly. Not, it's not easy. Yeah, to run a marathon. Not easy to do a hundred and eighty bike ride. Not easy to throw it all together in a competitive. I'm against the clock because if you don't finish Mm. before what time? I think it's seventeen hours they give you for cut off. So seventeen hours. That's a massive. It's a big day, Um, and and it's it's interesting. You know, you sort of I don't know. Would you do it again? I've done it a couple of times. You have, yeah, and I and I got a bit addiction. yeah, I got yeah. a bit crazy to that. Um, you know, I need something bigger. I need something harder. Really? What do I take on next? And then I had a massive back injury at forty, uh-huh. um, which has turned my whole life around to how I've run into Chris and Louise and psychology and yoga and Pilates and and men's circles and setting up a charity and all this sort of stuff. It's let's go there. That's going to be awesome. It's huge. It's, I find it really interesting. I did uh, Tough Mudder. 
Yeah, uh, I, I was, I was, more, like I'm, I'm a big lad now, but I was yeah. morbidly obese. I got mm. myself fit. I went and did, and did me and uh, 15 mates went and did Tough Mudder, the first mm. one in Australia, and I broke my leg on the third obstacle. But we still mm. did the whole course, the 20 k's. Didn't know I broke my leg. I just sort of hurt wow. myself, and then I had to do it again because I'd done that right. And then I thought, oh, because all the boys, come on, let's do it again. So we did it again, and then I did another one called Kokoda Grunt which was 15K obstacle race, but you were up the hill that they do that Kokoda walk on. Awesome. Yeah, mate, it was yeah. insane. So halfway through that, I'm sitting there going, no, nah, that's me. Mm. I'm done. It's all over. Never doing this sort of stuff again. And I've never been back to do that. Mm. But now Ninja Warriors on and all these things are on. I'm getting back in the gym and getting fit again. I'm sitting there going, oh, I wouldn't mind doing a little Spartan or something like that just to sort of get back out there and, and have a bit of Because I, I think that is a type of addiction because when you finish it, it's like, wow, that's awesome. But then you do try that harder and harder and harder and harder, and that's how you injure yourself, like you mentioned, with your back. Yeah, for sure. And you I don't stop. No, no. <laughs> and I think there's journeys, and I just when I look back now, mm. I think I loved what Steve Jobs said. He never understood what the dots were for, going at different stages in his life. But when he gets to the end and he turns around and looks back, you understand what they're all for. They all lined up. And, I'm, and- now I'm starting to understand exactly why I'm in this room. Yep why I've gone into wellness and holistic health, why, you know, why I'm so interested in youth at risk and boys and men and all that sort of stuff because it's, um, you know, it's needed and we need to, you know, 100%. work together and, back, you know, That's exactly right. It's it's huge. It's huge. I bet you when you were 25, you're the fat slob sitting on the couch before you made that decision. You never, ever thought you'd be where you are now. Yeah, 100%. And at 25, mate, I you only cared. Dead by now, mate, to be honest, <laughs> I only cared about myself, mate. It was all yeah. ego driven. I was going to be a, you know, I was going to be the next big nightclub owner, multi millionaire, you know, it was all, that was the path, mate. That was the path. I was hanging around with all those sort of people and, you know, you just get this massive smack in the face called life and it just asks you a few questions and I just thought, I don't ever want to look like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to live like that. I don't want a family like that. I just don't want my life to be like that. So it, it needed a massive change. Did you regret it ever happened or are you glad it happened so you could learn from it so early? Well, looking back now, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened yeah, to me. Agree. And And I think the things that have come of it, like, you know, outside of the business, we've set up this men of business charity. I've got 50 companies across the Gold Coast. We look after 200 kids a year. What's men of business? Group. Tell so, us about that. What's that? Um, seven <laughs> years ago, basically I used to volunteer. I volunteered my time to health youth, youth at risk and I'd go down to a park in Burley on um, Palm Beach was a little further on and a group called Cisco, which was a charity that have all these kids at risk. And I just knew the girl. And I said, look, I want to give back. How do I give back? And she said, look, why don't you come down and train the kids? So I came down there and I drove the car down and I, I popped in the park and I opened the van up and I knew they were kids. So I thought I'd play some rap music. I'd put my hat on backwards and jump out and say, fucking let's go. We're getting into it. We're going to do some <laughs> push-ups. We're going to go run and we're going to go train and all the rest of it. And as you can imagine, when you're dealing with youth at risk, Basically, I think three of them told me to go and get fucked, you know. The other one lit up a cigarette, walked off, and I think I might have had two. And we did a bit of training, but I sort of walked away and and Louise was her name and I said, Louise, what's going on for boys in particular? Because it was girls' programs everywhere. I said, what's going on for boys? And she said, Mark, we've got nothing. There's nothing going on for boys. There's no programs. There's no support networks. We try these different things, but there's nothing. So I went back to my gym and I got eight of my best PT clients. I took them out for lunch and I said, boys, I'm going to ask you for two things. One's a story and the second's a thousand bucks. And if you give me both of those, I'm going to set up a program for youth at risk on the Gold Coast and we'll make a difference to these youth coming through with our dads and, and all the rest of it. And, uh, and that day they said yes. 
So, mate, we, um, you know, we ended up having, you know, $8,000. I ran four programs. Um, and the history now, mate, is that I have, you know, on September the 7th coming up at the casino, and if you boys wanted to sit on my table, you'd be more than welcome to. Um, I have 300 men in a room who will now support and raise close to $100,000 for the youth at there. risk. Um, you know, and we, and we just, um, it's supporting the Gold Coast. In two years' time, I want to open up a boys' disadvantaged school, so a proper school starting at grade seven um, and where we're going to teach these boys, you know, life skills and mentoring and how to be good men instead of just the basic, you know, yes, we need the basic schools, but I just feel like they need leadership, mentoring and community You don't need basic in their schools. Life. You need to change the way people are taught. You need those kids to the way they should actually learn and the way they do learn, you need to teach them that way. Mm. And mate, life skills is the most important thing for these people. Sure. And they're disconnecting. They're falling out of systems everywhere. And I just, I don't know. I've taken it as a bit of a journey that it's, you know, I feel like everything's changed my life, obviously, around the base of health. Um, and this is my way to give back and and create a community and, and really make a difference. Uh, well, whatever we can do, I'm in. All right. Well, I love it. you've been on your own health journey, haven't you? Yeah. Are you going to share it with me? Yeah, mate. So I, I was um, I was big. Mm. I'm big-ish now. <laughs> I was, I like to call, I got three parts of my wardrobe, right? I got the morbidly obese, the obese and just the fat part, right? Mm. So I'm, I'm heading towards the fat part now, which mm. is good, which is where I start getting fit and stuff again. But yeah, no, I, I, I made a, I turned 30, 45 this year. I've been seeing Chris for a little while. He's sort of my head out for me. And he's helping me find uh, the inner, the, the the inside, and the center, and mm. trying from that point of view. And and I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've been in business for many many years. I've done good, done bad, done ugly, but at the same time, is that my um, my head works at a million miles an hour, and my head works like no other person's. And always got told I had ADHD, ADD, all those sort of things. When Chris actually sat with me, and he goes, "You got none of that." He goes, "Your issue is you're afraid of boredom." Mm. So. I've got to do this or I've got to do that because otherwise I'd be sitting here and be bored. You're going to actually start to learn to go inside and become more of you and find that center. And during that process, I um, I started to get a lot healthier. And um, what we had that jug, we used to turn my, my steering wheel into a bag of chips because every afternoon on the way home, turning the, the servo, grab a bag of chips, a Coke and some chocolate, and that got me home. Mm. Whereas instead of doing that, it was like, no, let's sort of – work out why we're doing that and et cetera, et cetera. So I've been on this journey now for um, I think from about, I'm about 20 weeks into my 45-week program that I put myself on and um, I've lost, I reckon, must be close to 20 kilos now. Wow. And um, I'm eating healthy, I'm being healthy, but up until a couple of weeks ago when I got pretty crooked, I had to get to hospital, but mm. I'm over that now and I'm back on the journey. All thanks to uh, Bugger oh, Lads, Avery. Oh, all thanks to yourself, mate. But it's, oh, it's, thanks it, to me, yeah. It's an interesting journey that you guys both hit. You know, you hit a point where you kind of, you know, you're not happy with where things are going. Yeah, of and, course. And you take a look at yourself and you say, hey, how am I going to change things? And I think most people have got to reach that point. I mean, even you know, remember the biggest loser? Mm. There'd always be that one person that was struggling to lose the weight and it wasn't until they had that emotional kind of breakthrough. that they win. They'd, they'd often win. <laughs> exactly, they'd often, yeah, they'd, yeah. They'd, they'd, they broke through that real wall of why they were the way they were and they make that changes. And both you blokes have done that, so it's amazing. Nah, it's a pretty cool feeling though, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. And I just, it's interesting you hit on it, Chris. I think when you, in the industry I'm in, I've got 400 members. I see, you know, 30 people come in every month and sign up and I watch 30 people also counsel every month. Um, when people talk to me about what's the latest diet and what's the latest program and how am I going to do this, I, I, I peel all that away. I, I sort of went through 10 years of learning about every single diet and protein shake and whatever else to now realise that 
If it's not on, if it's not on in your head, we're we're fighting a losing battle, and there needs to be a big why, you know. And we've and we've had some whys. You've had a why. I've had a why. Do you know what I mean? I've seen those whys, and that's where I work with people now. And I think men in particular, we need a why. And I think too many of us uh, are avoiding that why question or neglecting that why question, and we're just staying average. You know what I mean? We're not questioning how do we get better? What else can we do? What else can we do? Because it's you know it's uncomfortable. So yeah, that's but why it's a shine. I love yoga because every pose is a why. Why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. I'm twisted up. <laughs> I'm not comfortable. My body's it's a struggle. It's hurting. I've got to breathe. I've got to sit, and I've just got to be still with my own. Why the hell am I doing this? And once you give all that up and surrender to the moment you're in, a beautiful mm. little break. Wouldn't have been great last week if so. Last week we had we had a guest on that uh, runs a, a um, project called Beyond the Beers, mm. and uh, and what he does is that he gets a group of men together mm. and they talk shit like yeah. like we do on this. The whole idea of this podcast is we get someone on, we talk about beer, we have a beer, and we just talk stuff about the blokes don't normally talk about. Mm. That's the whole purpose of what we're trying to do here. So what he does, he does as an event. So last week there was forty people in a room down at Miami Marquetta, yeah. and they were um, they were talking about. Um, just stuff. He gets up and he tells his story about his breakups and his this and that and how he dealt with it and whether he should turn to beer or whether he should turn to drugs or what he should have done. For sure. And you get all these guys in this room and I got invited to come and talk to it and I've been a bit crook so I couldn't make it. So I uh, I subbed the, uh, the the psychologist in yeah. at last minute and thought, beauty, well, here we go. And um, so Chris got to go to the event and we mentioned it earlier at the start of the podcast and I find it really interesting because every time I sit down with him, all he does is ever ask me questions. So if you ever mm. go and see a good psychologist, they don't give you answers, they ask you more questions. Sure. So you can then answer those things. And I, at the first, it was pissing me off when I first met him because because of that. I'm sitting there going, what am I getting out of this? All I'm getting is all these questions. But then when you start to understand, you think, oh, actually, there isn't an answer for that or that doesn't need to be answered or those sort of things. It makes it makes your head work a bit different. And so you got all these guys in a room, and so so Chris, you 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 subbed in for me, mate, and I do appreciate it, and I'm sorry I put you on the spot. Put me but, on the spot. But the thing I went to you... a Xavier Rudd the night before and got on the booze. So you did, I, and I went in completely unprepared. I had a had a, had oh, a, rough, a good way to go. rough idea of what I'd say, but uh, nothing was uh, punched out. But I get there, and uh, my uh, I don't know if you should know, Marco, that. Uh, I'd uh, recently, well, not recently now, I suppose I'm six, seven months into a separation with my wife. I've got four kids and uh, we've been together 30 years. So uh, I'm going through that process. And uh, my wife sends me a text that my boy is giving her a bit of a hard time. You know, he's a bit of struggling. We're just looking at putting the house up for sale. So there's lots of changes going on yeah. in his little world. So he's starting to, you know, give a How bit. How old is he? 10. Yeah. Starting to get a bit of a lip to his mum and, you know, blames her and blames me and, why can't we get it to make it work? And uh, one off against the other. Yeah, he's he's just not happy. He's just he's just communicating what he needs to communicate, but he's not necessarily doing it in a respectful way. So she sends me that text, and uh, I'm thinking thinking about him, and uh, I'm also going to share a story about uh, a paramedic who um, came across a, a, a car accident, <coughs> and he had to uh, nurse this this young 17 year old boy that had uh, severe head trauma uh, to his, to his, to his death. And uh, as the, uh, you know, as he's done everything he can and he's, 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 he's worked with this young lad and recognized that he's not going to make it. He's actually, you know, stroked his head and said goodbye. And, and this, 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 this young kid very much reminded him of his own teenage son at home. 
So just set off a whole lot of triggers. So I'm getting prepared to tell that story and I'm thinking about my little blonde-haired little oh, boy God. and I've got to go home and say, mate, it's okay that you feel the way that you feel but it's not okay to speak to your mother like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> so which just triggered me. So it just kind of cracked me open. And it's not the first time this happened. This is before you helped up. So that – no, well, this is this is what I'm going through. So oh, okay. Whilst you're on stage. Story. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, that was a very interesting experience. So I had a number of different stories I was going to relay, but I'm, I'm contemplating that one. And as I'm telling that one, I, I get a bit choked up and have to uh, stop and hold my breath and – oh, not hold my breath, but breathe and uh, not communicate. And uh, I didn't crack open completely, but, uh, yeah, I was definitely emotionally wobbled. And this happened a number of different times through the talk too, so it was a very emotional space. And did you get any feedback from the guys on that? Um, you know, you get that feedback of, oh, yeah, mate, it was a great talk. It showed a lot of courage. But it also freaks people out. It freaks me out a little yeah. bit too, you know. It's it's kind of uh, quite humbling. And uh, when you try to talk from the heart space, yep. you're, never, so much harder. you're never quite sure what's going to come up. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a story. I was just had a couple of points I wanted to hit along the way. And the whole idea was I don't know if men's groups are the way we need to go. Yeah. I don't know if Beyond Beers is what we need to do. I, I keep saying in our conversations, men do talk. Yeah, We do have a culture. Um, is it supported? Does it happen often enough? Are we integrated enough? I'm not sure. But the idea that, that we can dictate or plan how men need to move forward in a world that's constantly changing. I mean, you look how strong women are nowadays and, and mm. feminism and the strength and their, their camaraderie and the tools that they have. Uh, I think about my crisis points in my life. Do I turn to men? We've talked about this. Yeah, we or, did, yeah. Or, or do we talk to our close women friends? I don't, my mother or an auntie. I think it's a bit of both. And I'm not sure and I don't know. And the whole the whole talk was, well, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how we got here. I don't think we need to throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, boys are taught, you know, boys aren't allowed to take a football to school anymore. You remember what it was like at lunchtime when we oh. wrestle and Boys used to fight in the street. I mean, I don't support violence, but there was a way to express masculinity. Now, that was in many ways abused and was in many ways inappropriate and a lot of abuse and harm has come from that. But we can't strip boys down to, hey, we've got to treat you like you're not men. I used to say that. I don't don't know where the balance is. That's that's my point. I used to say it about my kids. Like, I've got two girls and two boys, and I'd much rather the boy when the boys are fighting because they'll just punch each other and it's all over and done with. They're playing with each other three minutes later, where the girls will head fuck each other for three weeks while they're like, but you did that and you did that. You did that and you did that. Whereas the boys will just have a wrestle, get it over and done with, and oh, let's go and play basketball. Let's do whatever. Like, they deal, like exactly what you're saying. They deal with it completely separately. If you take that away from them, it's what happens then. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Chris, I was going to say, mate, my experience on it through the three different things I've done and I've had different levels of it. So at the end of the day, when someone asked me about my Ironman, it was Mm. never for anyone to ever be proud of me for what I've done. It was 100% for myself. But the therapy I got on that bike, on that run, in that swim was massive. When you're sitting in a six-hour position on a bike going for a long ride, the first 20 minutes is how long is this going to take and then yeah. the rest of it is just therapy, you're so, away, you finish I, your ride. I totally agree. Oh. But here's the question that I, that I want to raise and a lot of with, with mm. um, um, PT guys, do you need a goal for that to occur? Like I do a lot of physical exercise as well and I like to think I'm a goalless trainer. I have nothing I'm working towards. There's no competition I'm trying to complete. There's no marathon I'm trying to run. The, the reason I get up every morning and do exercises for the way it makes me feel at the end of that particular session. 
And so some people need a goal to work towards, but I find in my work, people often achieve those goals, run an Ironman, achieve their task, and then they go, oh, and now what? Absolutely. And there's this big void that occurs. And I I, I don't, how how do you mix that? There's a big drop. And I think it's interesting. I think what's happened is as I've changed now, it has gone away from actually putting more expectation on myself because basically that would just drive me down. If all of a sudden I knew I had to go and get 20 hours of training in my work, my family and whatever else, it was weight on my shoulder that actually made me feel worse, not better. So I had to release the goals and just do the training with the group of people to try and enjoy the life I had. And that's, you know, now I play over 40 soccer down on a Wednesday night. I love it. And, mate, we've lost most of our games, but I get to run around. I get to run. And this is this is the whole part of it. 100%. I get to run around with 10 guys I've never met anywhere else before in my life. I just signed up to it. Every Wednesday night we play a game. Every Wednesday night after the game we all have a beer and we just talk absolute shit. And, mate, as far as I'm concerned, that's the best therapy that I need in my life because the other 90 hours of my life – is intense on, as you know, with an entrepreneur, your mind going, your business is going, yeah. your kids are yelling at you, your wife's there, you're trying to balance all these things. In my and mind, it's like, I know you've run four Ironmans. How did you pull that off with a family and kids? It was silly, mate. I used to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd start work at 5, I'd go at 2. I'd get on my bike for three hours and I'd put my work clothes on, I'd work, and then I'd do my run shift after that. I'd build it into swimming. It was just silly. And my, and my wife can attest and – She's an amazing woman and, and a lot of women are amazing out there. But um, to put up with me, so I was working, whether it's 60 hours, training 20 hours, and basically, you know, she was married to a zombie who well, would come home, eat and sleep and just sort of go, oh, I just Remember don't have any time or energy left for the anything. The on the afternoon show, um, Hot Tomato, mm. that guy? Mal? Uh, one of the Alan Gailey. He's, I think he's on Channel Nine News as well. I'm not sure of his name. Uh, yeah, I know him. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was doing an Ironman, and he said he came home once, and his daughter says, "I know why you're not. You can't play with me because you're so tired." And it kind yeah. of cracked him open. But oh, when you're putting that amount sure. of effort to, in towards a goal, which is beautiful, and you've got to be kind of so focused that mm. other things in your life might slide. I, do, I, was, wondering, and I, I was wondering and how you did it. That's. I don't know. Is is that not the? It seems to be for me on my journey of now realizing that I'm forever balancing, mm. and as I've gone through different cycles to try and think you can have one balance forever has never worked for me. I've had my Iron Man. So, well, you have That's to good. like right now. And you know, interesting when you talk about yoga. Yoga for me, the only yoga I do is Yin Yoga, and the reason I do it is because I want to walk into that room and I want to absolutely stop. I don't want to be challenged on hard poses. I want to sit in that long stretch for five minutes. What's yin yoga? Breathe. Deeper, longer. Uh, like shavasana? Yeah. I like that. That's like, my favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shavasana, shavasana crossed with stretching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So you hold the pose for five minutes yeah, and yeah. you just breathe. And, mate, it is the best. It is my most looking forward to class because, really? one, I know I'm stretching and it's making me feel good. Yeah. But, two, I just get to stop. Oh, I am so at 44. I'm sick of the expectations I'm putting on myself. I'm sick of the expectations everyone else is putting on me and it's driving me nuts. So I'm now going, you know what, I'm not going to take your expectations or my own expectations. I'm going to build the life I want to live and I'm just going to try and walk through and balance that as it is. And I knew soccer had to be a part because I love people and team. Got to have some family time, got to have some work time. But my work time has changed a lot now. I used to do mornings and nights. Now I only do the days. I pick up my boys every afternoon. So the uh, coach. So what I'm what I'm feeling now is the um, 
the Iron Man's balance to the guy on the couch at 25. That was uh, that was all work, absolutely. money, food, beer. So he had to go extreme to balance that out. Very yin, yeah, you know, very yin yang. Oh. And now you're coming back into more of a okay. Well, that that's been achieved. Yeah. I, know, I know I'm capable of that. Yeah. How do I achieve a more sustainable reality? That's well, I dipped. I dipped at the end. What you're talking about yeah. with that Iron Man? I finished that Iron Man, and I don't know what. Well, let's talk about expectations. I did that Iron Man for me to prove to me that I could do anything. Now, for some reason, I related that Iron Man to now that I've done an Iron Man. Oh fuck, I'm an Iron Man, so my business should double, yeah. my family life should double, my relationship. You know what I mean? Like that's it was nearly the expectation I had on it. If I could do that, I can. Everything else will be right. But the reality was nothing else changed. I was an Iron Man, but none of that shit was sorted. So it just made me realise I've done I've done this journey <laughs> yeah. for a part of me. You do know what the second question people ask themselves when they've climbed Everest is? After, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's interesting you talk and, about that though. And 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 and, and, it, and it's not going to change your life. You climb Everest Bang. and you've got the you've got the tattoo or the thing on your yeah. shirt, but that's a great accomplishment and we should work towards goals, 100%. but we can't be defined by our goals. You can't be. Yeah. Well, and my that's whole life has space. been goal-based, right? I, I, and I've been such a yo-yo dieter and I've been fat and skinny and fat because I'll go and do Tough Mudder. I'll train my ass off. Yeah. Whoop, done that. Well, let's get back on the beer and the food and stuff because I've got nothing else to look forward to or, or whatever. And then you go and do something again, you go and do something again. That's like these eight-week challenges at the gyms, right? Sure. Um, I, I, I do them now, but to me – it's all part of my 45 weeks that I've set myself to not a goal. I just want to get through my 45 weeks, see how we go at the other end, and let's go again. Let's just keep going. Whereas eight weeks, I'd win the challenge. No problem in the world. No matter who said it, what it is, I'd make sure I'd win that. But then the next eight weeks, I'd go back to how I was. Yeah. So this is all about that balance piece. And that's the thing. That's the biggest thing I've learned during my journey at the moment. And it's funny you say that because I'm 45, so we're around the same sort of age. And I think there must be an 73 age. 73 and 74. You're a 74 eh? as yeah, well. 74. Yeah, I'm a 74 yeah. as well. Yeah. And I just think you're fine. The same as my missus is a 74. Right? And yeah. she's, she's just sort of just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. It's great. And then like it's, since she decided not to give a fuck anymore, it's like, cool. So she doesn't worry about what other people think, what other people say. Well, she's just loving life. And sure. it's it's a wonderful space to be in, right? Mm. Imagine to being able to do this when you were younger. Yeah. It's um I don't think you could personally. It's interesting though. I mean, young blokes, these mm. blokes that from disadvantaged, marginalized families yeah. who mightn't have goals. Yes. You might be at home sitting mm. on a couch smoking a bong, playing a playing a video game because sure. that's the environment in which they are. Um, we want goals. Yeah. Then we take goals too far. And this tends to be what yeah, men do. And I, I don't know how to find the balance or how to articulate that to young people that you need you need a goal. You need something you're working towards, but you can't be defined by that. You've still got to live your life moment to moment. Mm. And uh I you know, how do you express and engage that? I mean, that's what the conference is about. I'm not exactly sure how we communicate that. Yeah. Look, I, I work a lot on belief. Really, I walk with those young people and say, you know what, I'm not going to put any expectation in your life. What I'm going to build into you is the fundamentals of trust and respect and attitude and inner strength and all these things so that you can believe that you can be whoever you want to be because I feel yeah. that's where the whole is. The whole is they don't believe that, mate. They've been told they're dumb all their life. They've been, they don't have been taught, you know, just just the love and support and the respect that you would get to build them up. Um, I feel like they're empty vessels. And I feel like to me it's love, support and belief 
to get them going. And then, yeah, little goals and sometimes those little goals will make them feel a bit stronger and feel a bit stronger and feel a bit stronger and just that they can fit in with society and not that you need to fit in with society but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you've got to produce. I think, you know, if you're not creating some sort of change in your life, I think you might find that there's stale but I don't think it matters what change you're creating as long as it relates to where you are and what you want. So evolution. Oh, if, you're, if you're not evolving, then you're, you're kind of dormant. Well, look at, look yeah. at all of our lives. If you look at all of our lives right now in this seat, oh, how shit. much have we evolved <laughs> and where are we sitting right now? And look, and look what we're talking about. Yeah. And why and we, I you think know? My, even the conversation's evolved. Oh. Like from no one a long time ago would have sat around like this. And no chance. Nah, I agree. He doesn't agree with me, but I, I, uh, I, I don't think – like in my dad's day, there's no way he would have sat around with his mates. Yeah, they have a beer together and talk about sport, but they wouldn't have talked about their feelings. My my old man still won't. Yeah. Still won't. Old school, hard Italian, we'll talk a, about after it. After a stroke and a heart attack, he's oh. no, still not going to talk. Oh, it's still, you know, everything's everything's good, working hard, everything's okay. And, like, he'll, he'll talk, but there's <laughs> it's still very much, you know, like, um, you know, that that level of conversation that, isn't going to dig in and tell you how vulnerable I am or, or what I, issues I've I have. I've been thinking about or, this a lot lately because I've got a few clients and a few people I've been talking about, but I'm thinking about a generation of men like my grandfather came back from Second World War, so yeah. probably your grandfather. Yep. So our fathers grew up under a, yep. a regime of men that had gone away to a world war. iron fist, mate. Okay. Mm. And so I'm thinking about my grandfather and he's seen some dark shit mm. and he's seen men curl up and die and he's yeah. seen other people survive and he's looking at himself and he's thinking, well, what got me through? And he's looking at his son when he's come back and he's thinking 1950s, shit could happen again, Korea War, we're at the pinnacle, you know, you might have to go to and fight for your country one day. Am I going to be soft and as loving and caring and nurturing? Am I going to give everyone a pendant? Or I'm going to say, fuck, man, you've got to know how to harden the fuck up mm-hmm. because shit's serious. Yep. Unless you know how to fucking stand up, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. I'm thinking about that mindset that my father had to grow up in. That's what he got from his his father. And they had a very difficult relationship, Graham. He hated him, but they grew to love each other. Mm. It was quite hard on him. And I'm thinking about that generation of men, their grandfathers that come back. They had a reason to be hard. Of course. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And unless you can pick up the pieces and look after your shit and be willing to kill and willing to fucking survive, you're fucked. And I've seen people die. So unless you know how to do that, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to save the belt because yeah. saving the belt, giving you the belt is really – how much I love you. Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But our father's come with this sense of, oh, he was never there for me, never mm. told me he loved me, he was never soft and nurturing. But yeah. he's thinking, I can't be. No. I can't afford that. And I think yeah. our fathers, I know my father was a lot more nurturing. And I think I, I try to be that. Was that because of your father or father or was that because your mother helped your father become that? Uh, my mother, my grandmother was a beautiful woman. Yes, she did show him that That's way. That's what I mean. So my th- dad was like that, but, but my mum made him more nurturing. I think his fathering was I'm not going to be like my grandfather. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to be more loving and caring. And I think I am more loving and caring to my son. Again, yep. But I wonder if where that line is. I'm also a little bit hard. And we also grapple and jiu-jitsu and sit on the floor. And it's like, mate, you've got to know how to stand up for yourself because mm-hmm. you're a little fellow. We're little fellows. People are going to pick on us. How, how are you going to stand up for yourself? I'm not going to be there. You know what I mean? How do you find that balance? How does masculinity find that balance? And just to finish off, I'd love to. I love yin yoga, but yeah. I actually want to do some yang yoga. Yeah, and I want to do some men yoga where you know you might bow for twenty five minutes straight. It's yeah. boring. It's hard. You're sweating like a prick at the end of it. But that's yeah. where you're, you're going through the motions. So you're pepping at the other end. Oh, that's tough. Mm. And that makes that shavasana 
Best thing ever. Ah, yeah. Best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll leave it to you. What do you think of that? Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And, but the thing is, I'm like you, I'm a very strict dad. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a very loving, caring, hug, kiss my boys and my mm. girls and all that sort of stuff. I don't believe in eighth place trophies at all. Mm. We'll get our soccer presentation tomorrow for the team I coach, my little under nines from uh, the runaway Bay Bayhawks. They've, they've had a smashing year. One of the dads goes, oh, is it, I hope everyone's going to get a trophy. I said, mate, everyone will get a participation medal. Or they got part of their thing. But I really want to come in and give some of the kids an award. I don't want to give every kid an award because he didn't deserve it. He was a smart-ass most of the season. He's the best player. He's most improved. Like when I was a kid, that's what we got. And I want to do that. And that's really controversial oh. because – a lot of these people saying, well, why didn't my son get one of them? How do you do that, Marco? How do you do it with a gym of kids? It's a tough question. <laughs> oh, it's it's such a tough, tough question. question. But uh, I believe now the wisdom comes from the sharing of the story. So what I believe now is that every time we share, if we're smart enough, we learn. So in this room right now, we've got to share a story each. And what I hope to think is that you've learned, I've learned, you've learned. And we walk out of this room and we go, well, we're a little bit smarter and wiser and maybe our toolkit has an extra hammer, an extra chisel, so that when I face that scenario, I've got the right tool for the job. Because I don't think we can say this is the way we need to parent or this is what we need to do. But what we need to do is we all need to share together because that's what I'm finding the strength of the mob or whatever else is that I've got a community where I can call up and go, you know what, shit's just fucked. I'm really unhappy, this isn't going on, and I've got someone to talk to who goes, oh, yeah, I went through that, but I did this and this and this and this. So it's like we're trying to – we can't try and be everything or we can't try and know everything, but I feel that collaboratively and together we've got all the answers. We just now have to come back to community and start sharing again and no different to tribes and and rites of passage or whatever else – you know, let's sit around the smart old guys who have gone through everything, take what they have learnt, let's add a bit of youth in it, add a bit whatever, and then hopefully at the end we've come out a little bit uh, higher evolved and smarter and and ready for what a complete unknown future for us is. We don't know what's going to happen to our boys. Like my boys are 9, 10, 13. Yeah. You know, where well, I'm sitting here saying get off your iPad, but their whole job might be around 100%. an iPad and an Xbox. So... You tell them to get off something they're probably going to use in the future. And all I can do is say, mate, I just need you to balance. If you give me two hours on that thing, I need to have you two hours outside, two hours working, two hours this, so that I'm just – you're upskilling a lot of different areas, balance again and going, you know what, let's see how that goes. Um, But, yeah, I'm – Probably flexible is the biggest thing I want to take on in my life now and just be – I want to be really flexible and, and listen more and think about it more. And then deliver off the back of that, because. Um, do you find now that you can pull yourself up if you're doing something wrong? Is not the word. The example I used the other week was my son kept coming. Dad, can I show you this? Sorry, bud, I'm a bit busy. Sorry, bud, I'm a bit busy. Oh, you're not that fucking busy. Give yourself five minutes. It's all he wants. It's going to make his week, right? No, mate. Yep, come on, show me. Let's do it now. Oh, really? Like, do you find now that you're becoming – when you use flexible is a really good word, I like, because mm. um, normally it's like I've got to get this done for work or whatever, but now you sort of sit back and go, actually, I do have the ability or the time or That's, whatever. That story's to touched me. I, hey? I have to say that story's touched me. Why is that? Uh, because I've been with my kids and sometimes I've got a million notes or case notes or clients and I'm coming home and I'm living between places and I'm trying to – and just that stopping 
with my boy or yeah. my girls and uh, it, it's been it's been a good thing for me. I essentially go, actually, no, I'm going to f- – everything else doesn't matter right now. Yep. You're the most important thing in the fucking world. And even yeah. if it's only for that five minutes. It, it doesn't take a lot, does it? It takes a lot. Well, I still remember now the first time and the only time my old man ever said he was proud of me. I was like mum and dad had just split at the time for, for a short period and he come to watch me play soccer and he wasn't living with us. It was only for probably four or five weeks, but – and then he came and he watched me play soccer. I was probably six or seven. And he said, mate, I'm so proud of you. And I still remember that today. I can tell you where I was standing, what I was doing, how, and just that feeling. And like to give that kid that five minutes the other night. And like today's his birthday. So shout out to my my uh, 11-year-old boy, Baxter. It's Baxter, his birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, so, Baxter. Uh, but, but the big thing for that was he just wanted to show me how he could type on the computer. And I'm just sitting there going, mate, I'm so proud of you. Like, well done, buddy. And it's just like, oh, you could just see you were so chuffed. And I think that being flexible in your own doesn't day, take a lot. Like, doesn't take much. My away. boy is killing footy. I, and I don't know where he gets from, but he, he scored about 10 tries in five games. He's just smashing it. He just seems to know how to find a space and run towards it. And my old man was a bit of the same. He was a good footballer. And I wasn't necessarily a ball runner, but I like the tough stuff. I'd get yeah. in there and fucking tackle anything. Mm. And my boy come after after scoring three tries. And my dad said, mate, bloody good game. And he said, you know what? Fuck your old man can tackle. And I was like, just a moment. I mean, just looked at me out. Like, yeah, Dad. I, I didn't score three times a game, but I could. And it was just a little moment. It doesn't take a lot, does no, it? it? Makes exactly. you feel good. And that must help with these kids. Like we're talking about the charity stuff you do, right? Because they don't get that at all. They don't get it at all. They don't get whether it's a father figure or mother figure. I know my, my wife works at a local school mm. and um, some of the, the the things that they see and some kids live in refuges and all this other stuff. Mm. That, um, But like, they don't get that. They don't get that at all. And like, it must be really uh, fulfilling is probably not the right word, but for you to be able to actually give that back to people, uh, uh, help people and do that stuff is just fucking awesome. Mate. And it's a, um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those full circle things. Mm. It fills me. Yeah, exactly. You think about it filling them, like, you know, and their stories, their, you know, the, the atrocities they've gone through, the lives they've had, you know, the, there's a million stories that come to mind, but I still remember one of the first programs we were talking about family and friends and um, and one of these boys just turned around and goes, I've never received a Christmas present or a birthday present in my life. I normally have to actually hide my bike so my parents don't sell it for drugs. Oh, fuck. Now, when you sit in a circle like that, and you realise that that's how some poor 14-year-old boy's grown up and that's the life he's had, you realise that the best thing you can give that kid is a cuddle Yep. and just the fact to say, you know what, mate, I'm here for you, so let's have a little march together and who knows where we'll get, you know, and that's, it's huge. Even these stories we're talking about now, that five minutes, that one minute, look at the things, mate. I've got a story with my dad exactly the same thing. I've also got stories where my dad couldn't make some of my stuff, which also really hurt. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? That work was chosen over my footy grand final or my Iron Man or things like that. And still at all ages, it's so interesting. My biggest expectation, the biggest thing I have to hurdle over is trying to prove to my old man that I'm good enough. And I I, I reckon that's – I reckon that – I think there's a fundamental there with all boys, you know. I was the first son and they, they had a very successful business. So my whole thing's I've got to have a successful business and I've got to prove to him that I'm good enough. And I think the Iron Man was a part of that. And all these things where, you know, at this stage in life now, and he's told me a hundred times, but it's those little things. Mm. And it's those little moments. And here we are worrying about how much money we earn and whether we can take them to Hawaii 
where really they just want you to come to their footy match and say, I'm proud of you, mate. I love you. You're doing awesome. And he'll remember that a thousand times over or your daughter or whoever it is. And I think that's where we've got to go back to. We've got to start dropping all this bullshit about how much we've got, where we're going, who we are, and start going back to just human beings, having a chat, having a beer, putting your arm around your son. And, mate, the world's going to be such a happier place off that foundation than this bullshit we're all being sold of, climb the ladder, get there, you know, because. I know, I, know, I, you, you I know. totally believe and I think we've had that conversation mm. a, bit, a few times about what our, our kids need. But what I'm hearing from you today is that we as men of a community need to come in and support those kids who don't get that as oh, well. Oh, fucking yeah, that's Seriously. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'd say a lot of them are still even under our roof because, mate, don't, you know, when you talk to me about, Mark, do you see that, right? I'm probably the same as everyone else, mate. I come into a busy day at work. I go, me and Miles and out, mate. I actually had the biggest fight. Well, not the biggest fight, but I had a good fight with my wife on Wednesday, right? Um, she's been going through a fair bit of stuff, a bit of anxiety, uh, really, really just hard stuff that's been impacting her life. And I'm going a million miles an hour trying to pick up all the pieces. So I'm doing the work. I'm having the meetings. I'm going to this. And I've walked in the gym. I said, all right, pack your bag. I'm taking you to the beach. We're going to have a quick walk on the beach. We're going to go for some lunch, you know, and which just – Added and we had a massive fight over it because I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, saying, I'm going to do it. But she said, Mark, I'm not job number 50 in your list because I told her I had an hour, get to the beach, walk, we're going, and then I'll be back. 59. Sorry, that took a minute. Exactly. 100%. That was exactly how I was. I said, I've got this to run. I've got the charity to run. I've got all this. And she just pulled me up and just tore strips off me for an hour, um, which was really tough to take because my ego was fuck you, like I'm doing all these things to try and make, yeah, for you and the family (laughs) and and to try and make it all balance. But the reality is that was my own expectation. Yeah. Where really that was all for me. It wasn't for anyone else. I thought it was for them. The reason we're laughing is because (laughs) everyone around this table we're doing the same thing. thing. You know what I mean? Where, you know, know, wouldn't it be nice to just drop a lot of it and go, you know what, we're going to have a chat. We're going to go and and like, I don't know, I think – I think we're doing it for our own ego. I don't think we're doing it for the benefit oh, well, of anyone. I, I think that we're designed that way. You were de- you're trying designed to fix or it. Learnt. You only had an hour. How can we maximise this hour together? I, I don't think it was a bad intent. What I think oh, was the attention was yeah was that you 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 played you played the play poorly and yeah. you didn't see where yeah. she was at and what she was needed and maybe suggested this is what I'm thinking. What would you like to do? Hundred percent. Would you prefer just to have a coffee? I'm 100%. easy either way. But you had an agenda, oh. and that's what we do as men, and we have to check that agenda. <laughs> yeah. But we need to tune in with our, our our women and say, okay, where are you at? What do you need? One of my uh, supervisors tactfully pointing out, I'd always come home and be fairly emotionally in tune with my partners or my wife. And I'd see a look on her face or I'd feel her energy and I go, so what's wrong? Apparently that's the wrong fucking question. (laughs) We've all learned that. (laughs) Well, then he said to me was when you feel that, instead of saying what's wrong, you should say, would you like a cup of tea? Great one. (laughs) And I think that added the fucking didn't work out in the end, but I think it did add a whole lot of time where I could just say, okay, do you need something from me right now? I'm not sure what it is. I feel like there's something, but I'm not going to try and fix a problem. I'm just going to ask if if there's somewhere. That's the nail on the head, though. My missus actually taught me something. I admit it. Yeah, my hands up. I admit it. A while ago now is that I don't want you to fix it. I just want to tell you about it. I just want you to listen. I got given the exact same conversation. <laughs> the ex- exact word for word. 
don't fix so it. And I said, well, that's what I'm here for. You're <laughs> telling me a problem. I'm going to fix it. Let's go. You know? I've got the fucking spanner. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's right. I've got the spanner. <laughs> but all I it. want you to do is listen. You just listen to me whinge and bitch about everything that just happened, which I could fix in three seconds. But no, no. I feel better now. And I, I'm, I want to give a big tip to everyone out there. And I'm probably not the best. I tell you what, my clients who I do relationship counselling find my stories about my uh, uh, separation quite funny. But to listen to uh, a person from the empty space that we talk about, yeah, from the centre, where you're not trying to fix anything, mm. you're not trying to hold on to their pain, you're simply mm. allowing them to express an experience, to actually enter that space and hold that space for people. I think. Nine times out of ten, that's what all people need. I think that's what young blokes need. Well, they uh, need someone that's going to have the space to sit there and go, mate, wrecked. you're important and I'm just going to be here for you. Just recommend you actually listen though because if they ask you back what they just said mm. and yeah. you don't get it right, you're dumb. look out. Well, yeah. if you're listening from the heart, <laughs> you listen from the heart, you'll feel you'll feel what's happening. Okay, there. that's yeah. right. I want to live my life from that space. I don't. I don't just want to be able to yeah, find. A, I don't want to find a spot to sit there in. I actually want to live my life from that space. That that is my You've goal going right forward. Because I just. I'm. Yeah. Well, you, you know, Francis of Assisi. Give me Francis of Assisi. <laughs> I'm ready. In uh, dying to self, we are born to eternal life. So mm. we, the ego has to go. Yeah. We can't yeah. be there anywhere. Yeah. I've been seeing this man now for a long time, and. Day one, he said this thing to me that's mm. just always stuck in my head, confused the hell out of me for a long time, was mm. the knife can't cut itself. Yeah. <laughs> Deep. Hey, but that's living in that space, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. If you could live in that space where you realise actually the knife can't cut itself mm. and you sit back and you actually think about that, you get all calm, you get all, like you get to go in that centre. And, mate, for someone as hyperactive as I am, to go in that space is just fucking awesome. And, you know, you're talking about the different styles of yoga. I feel that that's going to come back to where your life is. I think the reason yin is appropriate for me right now is I feel like my whole life is going at a million miles an hour. Close you down. And when I go to yin, I, I feel like I'm in that space. I walk down the stairs. I'm ready for the next problem to hit me. I'm like, happy days. I'm, I'm yinned out. I can't hold it forever. Yeah. It keeps going, but it feels like that's what that's what my body's yearning for at the moment. It's done heaps of hard and now it just wants to stop and sit in that space and just be able to really support and help and listen and grow. Because even the funny, for me, business has been about pushing. It made, I've pushed as hard as anyone else has pushed. So I'm banging on doors, trying to get people to walk through the door, trying to get this. And life has smacked me in the face that many times to the point of, say, all of a sudden I don't have enough money this month. And I think to myself, and that's the conversation I would have with my bookkeeper. She would say, Mark, we're going to need another 10 grand to make month. And I'd be like, all right, leave it to me, put on my backpack, knock on doors, sell some corporate health programs, talk, all, all the things I could do. And it was all about push, push, push. But all of a sudden out of a blue, you just get this phone call from someone that you'd never met, you've never talked to, throughout else on the side saying, oh, Mark, no problem. I've got this program for you in corporate health. Can you come and do this for me? And I'm like, this isn't the way it's meant to be. I've been working so hard trying to punch down walls and you're just going to give it to me on a platter without me thinking about Ask it. Ask the universe, is that what it is? Well, this is manifestation, okay. yeah. This is and it's, you know, and I, and I just keep learning that lesson to now being able to sit back. And I'm going through, a, even the same with the business now, we're about to completely rebrand the whole business all around the fact of grounding 
And that's what I want my space to be. I want you to be able to walk into my space and go, you know what, today I'm going to choose something yang because I need it. No, I'm going to choose something yin or I'm just going to stop and feel comfortable to do that within the club and just enjoy it. And I just, you know, hopefully find that. Loving it. Or challenge, challenge me, challenge you, challenge us together as men to live from that space because I reckon we're so much happier. I think all of this, you know, alcohol abuse and depression and all these things is just levels of shit sitting on us, you know, where if we bring it back to simplicity of this, it's a happy place to see. And when they talk, and uh, my family's Italian, when everyone talks to me about the Mediterranean diet, I'm like, fucking bullshit, it's the diet, mate. It's the balance. Like I go to Italy and at two o'clock they close everything. They all go home for a siesta <laughs> and eat lunch together. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Like, is that not a perfect it's way to balance, live life, my friend? We come back to that word. You know, close it down. Let's eat together around the table. I'll cook you a bowl of food. Let's have a chat. I'm going to have a sleep. I'll get up and do a bit of work. You know, and they live for whatever amount of years, and it's just like bingo. That's where we've got to go. Hundred percent. We've gone completely the opposite way. Totally. Oh. Mate, so. As we wrap this up, I want to just know that what's the charity called? Men of Business. Men of Business. Yep. And what? What? When's the event? The seventh of uh, September. Seventh of September. It's at the casino. Yeah. Um, so it's the know, star on the Gold Coast. The star on the Gold Coast. Yep. Um, and people still get tables. Yeah, there's still or plenty the, of tickets. It's info at menofbusiness.com.au. Okay. Is the email address? Uh, Camilla will take your tickets, but I think we're at about two hundred and forty at the moment. That's awesome. Our target was for three hundred. We normally get there. I've got a couple of great guest speakers. I've got. 20 kids who will be receiving, you know, mob medals and yeah. all sorts of things, kids who have changed their lives, a few old kids who did the program with me seven years ago who have now got their own business and, you know, just full circle stuff. So it's um, it's a, just a, it's an awesome day to celebrate mentoring and leadership and community and, yeah. Oh, well, I, I love it. I love what you do. Um, any way that I can get involved, and I, I'll speak for Chris as well, any way we can, we can do from promotion or anything like that, but yeah. at the same time, I'd love to come and help the kids as well. I'd love to yeah. mentor from business, from from mental health, whatever we yeah. need to do as uh, as keen as mustard to come and help with that. Be awesome. Thanks so much for coming in to see us. Thanks for your time, boys. Now, the way we always finish this <laughs> is we talk about the beer. So Guinness Draft uh, is from Dublin, obviously, and it's a specially designed can that's got a ball in it so it doesn't stuff up your uh, beer. But what we normally do is have a picture in our head. We explain what the picture is, then we give it a score out of 10. Okay, so Chris, you're away as usual. Like the deep, dark, velvety groove of Guinness. I've entered a deep stillness in my heart through this conversation today. It's quite nice. So it's just like the center. It's like the empty space, the empty radiance, the uh, Tibetan Buddhists call it. And um, it uh, had a lovely vibe. Without the juice and bubbles and gas, it was just a lovely kind of organic space that I've hit today. So uh, that's what I'm going to give you, the empty radiant light. Oh, and what's the score out of 10, bud? I fucking love a Guinness. <laughs> I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. Just, for, of just 10. for engineering and the, the beauty of the of the picture. Nice. Marco, what do you got, mate? Mate, I'm going for the white frothy cloud that sits on top of the Guinness. Yeah. And, uh, mate, I've enjoyed it. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. And the fact that I'm just having a beer in the middle of the day makes me feel quite light and floaty. <laughs> and it's going to be a good afternoon, you know. So happy mate, days. Well, this beer reminds me of my wife. We went to Dublin. We went to a, a tour through the Guinness factory. 
And um, as part of the tour, they show you how it gets made and all that sort of stuff. It was really, really interesting. And you get to the end and they give you a little voucher so you get four little beers. And so I've tasted the first one. I wasn't a big fan. So I gave them to her. And so <laughs> seven beers later, she's still sitting at the bar in Dublin. So that what reminds me of. Um, not a big fan of Guinness, but I tasted that for the first time in a long time. I actually quite enjoyed the malty taste at the start. Mm. And, uh, mate, I, I quite enjoyed it. I'm going to give that an eight. Beautiful. So thanks for bringing the Guinness in, brother. And if Guinness ever want to come on board and sponsor some More youth, than happy. youth, youth programs like on the coast. That. There you go. Yeah, boom, boom. Right, that'd be that'd awesome, be Marco. Happy. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Um, thanks, boys. Really, really appreciated that. And yeah. What a great talk. What do you reckon, mate? Oh, it felt, felt really, really good, man. It's lovely to have you on. Good to be a okay. part of it. Excellent. Love thanks, what you boys mate. Are doing. See you later, brother. See you, big fella. Pleasure as good usual. Luck. Hey, good luck on Monday. Hope you get better soon. Right. I'll be all good. Back to the gym. Woo. And I look forward to doing some yang yoga with you boys. Sounds great. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit us up on the social at BJ Macker and at The Mark of Hendo. Have a great day.